Today, Mike Fiddle and I take a look at week 12, a bit of a weird schedule, uh, a game on foreign soil in uh, in Paris, France on Thursday. So that makes things interesting. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine you with all your complexity, all your imperfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am Adam King at AdamKing91 on Twitter. At FBI Basketball on Twitter is where you will find us. Uh, it's Saturday, so I will be joined by Mike Fiddle, as usual, at Fiddle's Picks, uh, repping his new Memphis gear. Uh, if, if he, There we go. Uh, very nice. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, so, Mike, you, I mean, you don't live in Memphis. I know that. Um, nope. What? Why Memphis? Any particular reason? Ja Morant, is he the reason? Uh, the return of Ja Morant has made me re-watch Grizzlies basketball a lot more. Uh, they just play the game so fun. They make the game so energetic. And I'm not a fan of really any team anymore. I'm a betting man. So yep. the most fun that I have watching the NBA right now is having no bet on the game and watching the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'll sit back, relax, and just love watching basketball and feel like a kid again. So I did I did myself the service of grabbing myself a little Memphis long sleeve. Yeah, much like you, I, I don't really have a team as such. Um, I just, I like different teams at different times because of the way they play. They're just, they're fun to watch. Um even though the Spurs are terrible, I like watching them because Wemby, some of the stuff he does is just freakish at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I understand it. Memphis are, are, I said to you off air, they're a team that I really like. The, the Jarmorant stuff sort of soured me a little bit, but I love Brandon Clark. Um, he's unfortunately injured, but... He's dunking. Seen. Apparently he's dunking. Okay, well, yeah, look, I mean, they have said that he could potentially come back this season. i, I I guess it probably depends on where they sit in the standings and yeah. and that sort of thing. But I was at the Summer League, his Summer League in 2019 when he got MVP wow. and, and I just I was just impressed by him. And unfortunately, it hasn't sort of translated yet to the NBA, not not to the point where he's a sort of a star or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I'll keep my fingers crossed that he can get things going. Can I quickly give you my why, why to buy Memphis? stock over the next few years rant for the Grizzlies? You can, absolutely. All right. First, I think Taylor Jenkins is an amazing coach. I've talked about that bunch on my podcast. I think I've mentioned it coming on your show to do the schedule reports. I love the way he goes at opponents. He's so thoughtful with his rotations. They're building pieces that really connect with one of each other. He knows which lineup combinations work together. Taylor Jenkins is a phenomenal young coach. Uh, not in any trouble with their slow start this year. He's not on any hot seat. They came no, two seed no. in the West the last two years. He will be around for the long haul. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s contract is descending. So he has two more years when it's going like 23 and $21 million. So it's getting cheaper. Marcus Smart, same thing over the next three years. Desmond Bain, his extension starts next year. So uh, their salary cap and John Morant, unfortunately, had some of the off-court issues, which caused mm-hmm. him not to make All-NBA and caused him to have a suspension. That netted the Grizzlies $48 million in savings. We know they asked, they offered three first-round picks for OG Ananobi at the trade deadline last season. Obviously, they haven't gotten off to the best season this thus far. The way that their contract is and their cap sheet is structured, if they add someone this year before Bain's extension kicks in next year, if that makes sense, because they can get someone and obtain their rights and then go over the cap with them, 
because they would already have them on the team instead of acquiring someone once you're over the cap because the Bain extension kicking in is going to make or break that difference. So the Memphis Grizzlies might be real buyers in the market in the next month and a half leading up to the deadline. If they could keep stacking some wins, wouldn't be surprised like a, a long shot Memphis futures bet right now, a long shot to make the playoffs or make the play in is very interesting. They're going to go for it. And if not, wait for the end of the season and smack a Memphis future right when the odds open for next year, because then they're going to be running at full strength and they will be a two seated team with talent. That's looking to buy and add pieces and get healthier. This Memphis team is going to like some people worried if they were them and the Kings were going to fall off as you know, Lakers made a comeback as Suns made a comeback as warriors hang around. That's not going to be the case. The the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be around for the next four years in contention. Yeah, I I mean, all of that contract stuff, that's way over my head. I'm way over my pay grade. But I I was never, like, seeing that obviously this season has been, um, I mean, it's not a lost season yet. There's still time. But um, they haven't started the season well. But it never really occurred to me that this is uh, going to be a trend moving forward. Like, I think they'll be fine. If so, I mean, this is way off topic. It's nothing really to do with what we're here to talk about. But if if you were to, because um, you, you mentioned that they'll be buyers, they'll be looking to add pieces. What what do you think their priority might be? Because for me, like Stephen Adams is key to the, to this team and what they can do. But he's also not that young, so he he doesn't really fit with Jar and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. He's not that old. I mean, he's not he's not 36 or anything. I think he's 32, 31, Stephen Adams. He's got a lot of NBA miles on him because of how physical he's always played, though, right? Yeah. So he's 32, but he's probably the body of like a 34, 35-year-old in yeah. NBA terms. So is it a center that they're looking for? Like, do you think that that's where they need to uh, invest some of that money? I think Jaron Jackson is about, and they've talked about this, is about two years away from making the transition to being the center. So okay. I think, like, we heard today Pascal Siakam's going to be on the market and Toronto Raptors are likely to trade him. Yeah, they We know they went after OG Ananobi. I first certainly expect them to try and get in calls for Pascal. The tricky part with Pascal is he's going to be a free agent after this season. So it's like they're not going to have restricted free agency to try and match a contract. Siakam would just be able to just leave outright. So you're in a tricky spot where you need someone to come in and want to stay there or have their restricted rights. So it's going to be someone on the younger end who's give me, give me a week and I'll get back to you on a few guys who fit this because it's very interesting. All right. That can be your homework then. So for next week's show, um, we'll come up with a few, few names that might be that, that Memphis might be interested in. Um, but on to today's topic, what we're actually here to talk about is the, the schedule for next week. And, and as I alluded to in the intro, uh, we have got a game in Paris this week uh, on Thursday, the Cavs and the Nets. So they both only have one game this week. So they'd be teams we're probably not prioritizing in terms of streaming. Um, high volume, low volume, it's it's not like this week. So this week we had a 12 and a 14 game slate and then a two and a four. Next week, it's a little bit more balanced. Uh, we've got two game, two days with 10 games, Wednesday and Friday, and then three days with five games, Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. Um, teams that play on those low volume days. So I had a flick through this before we jumped on air. Uh, there's quite a few teams that play on two of those low-volume days, and Portland actually play on three. So they they are a team that I'd be targeting. Um, and then we've got a few teams with four games, but we've also got some teams uh, with two games. If I bring that up, I know there was at least one. Uh, Philly, I think. Yeah, Philly. So Philly only have two games as well. Um, and then we've got uh, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, Houston, Indiana, the Clippers, Miami, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Portland, Sacramento, Utah all have four games. So so what do you make of the schedule this this week? Is this an easier to, uh, an easier schedule to manage in terms of streaming and betting or or is this a little tougher with a balanced schedule? 
Uh, same in the betting department. In the streaming department, it's going to be try and maximize your games, right? Because both you and your opponent are going to be floating in the mid-30s, low 30s for games played on the week, having two medium to high volume days and essentially four or five low volume days coming up. Like this is definitely a low volume week in the NBA. Two teams even have one game. So anyone holding out the, the healthy Cavaliers that are left or the or some of the Nets guys that are rosterable, those guys have, have one game. So it's like we need to have the discussion of do we even drop some guys who are fringe players on those teams, right? If you're in a competitive battle, for for a good seed or to get up to that number one spot maybe and you're holding on to to a Levert is he droppable this week because he only plays one game so it actually goes both ways and prioritizing a team like Portland I mean it it makes clear cut that you have to target schedule on low volume days so I think this slide I think is all teams that play at least two games on low volume days it's going to be yeah. very important to, to pick up a few of these guys and even do it early in the week because you don't necessarily need to be doing it each day if you just lock yeah. in some of the guys early for the beginning of the week and take the best one or two available if you have two streaming spots instead of trying to pair back-to-backs because there's not that many back-to-backs that work. There's like the Celtics play Wednesday, Thursday in a back-to-back. Okay, that's one of the rare back-to-backs from high volume to one of the low volume days there's no back-to-backs on any of the paired low volume days and then who are you going to stream on the celtics in a back-to-back horford horford would be maybe the guy but he doesn't usually play in back-to-back sets so then you're looking at a sam hauser or something like that or a luke Cornette for the back end of the the horford sitting game a peyton pritchard like it's it's not it's not great yeah uh, so yes, these are teams uh, on this page here that have that play on two of those low volume nights. Um, look, some of them are. I mean, we're at the point now where we sort of not, like we're, we're repeating a lot of the names we, we that we talk about each week because the teams their rotations are set. We know we know the roles, we know the minutes. Uh, so for Dallas, Derek Jones Jr. Um, look, he, he potentially is still rostered in in a lot of leagues, but if he was dropped because he hasn't been great the last week, so so if he was dropped, maybe consider picking him back up. Uh, Josh Green has looked all right since returning. Um, Jaden Hardy's more of a flyer because Kyrie and, and Luca are both playing. Although Luca is questionable tonight, I believe with ankle swelling. Um, I think I woke up to that news and I hope that he doesn't play because my opponent has him. So that would really help me. Uh, so Jaden Hardy can, can have some value if, if that happens. Uh, and Tim Hardaway, again, probably rostered, but may have been dropped because his production has been a little bit inconsistent. Anyone else on Dallas? My favorite is uh, Jones Jr. I just think you can get the stocks there on any given night. They all impact each other in a negative way with Kyrie also being healthy. So the fact that Josh Green is back is going to hurt Derek Jones Jr. The fact that Kyrie's back and Hardy is going to affect Hardaway. So they kind of all took a hit. Uh, of course, if Luca's missing time, then they all get a spike. But no one I particularly key, on, key in on, on Dallas right now. No, and, and I think the other name is, is probably uh, Dante Exum if – he gets back next week. He's been ruled yep. out for tonight, I believe. Yes, he's been ruled out for tonight. But if he is back next week and he was dropped, maybe you give him a look. Um, 20 second timeout. Remember remember on the show, I asked you a few weeks ago how, how much you'd pick up Derek Lively for. I mean, we nailed that. I didn't end up getting him. I put in a big bid. Someone even went bigger than me. But yep. we had the right discussion because he is a locked in piece that's like – you have Derek. I mean, if you have Lively in your dynasty right now, you're mm. you're feeling really good about it. If you got a cheap Lively, you are. Yeah, he, he um yeah, unfortunately injured his ankle in in the last game, but um I think he might be questionable for tonight. I'm not sure, but anyway, I don't think it's super serious. So it might be it might be a few games, but but yeah, look, looking thinking long term, yeah, he's, uh, he's clearly locked in as that center for the future. Um. The Lakers, again, a team that <clears throat> we sort of know who they are. Torian Prince has been red hot and then ice cold. I, I've got him in a couple of teams and <laughs> he, he scores nothing and then he scores 20 points and hits six threes. 
Um, the steals are sort of constant, so that's that's keeping him just on my roster. He's doing just enough. Um, Max Christie, Cam Reddish, again, look, they're not super appealing, um, but the Lakers are dealing with a couple of injuries at the moment. So there is a little bit of value. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're obviously questionable basically every game, but D'Angelo Russell is out. Hachimura is out. Gabe Vincent's out. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is not doing much at all. So, yeah, maybe Max Christie, maybe Cam Reddish, but it, that is probably towards the, the bottom of the barrel, I think. Nothing to add. Nothing to add. Milwaukee, much the same. We... <laughs> Probably one of the more, the more boring teams in fantasy in general. Um, Malik Beasley, he's on this list every week for as a three-point streamer. Uh, if he's available, pick him up, see if he's hot. He hasn't been great the last few games, so maybe he's going to have a week of production here. Bobby Portis, uh, after a, sort of a hot period there, he's cooled off, so he might have been dropped. And Pat Connaughton, I really just needed three names, so I put Pat Collins in, but I wouldn't—I probably wouldn't be picking him up anywhere. Anything to add for Milwaukee? No, check if Bobby Portis was dropped because he's been in a slump, uh, and he—he sh- he should be owned. Beasley's getting a ton of minutes, but he's not doing much with them. But um, which is pretty much the opposite of the way I thought his season would go. I thought he would get low minutes and try and score in mm. punches. Um, I saw this very crazy stat that he's got like six free throws attempted on the season (laughs) like hundreds of minutes yeah that's probably about right he doesn't get to the line and and yeah he's playing 30 minutes a night and and rarely misses a game he used to have that in his game a bit It's, it's 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 strange that like sometimes i guess playing in this milwaukee alongside Giannis and Middleton can can do that to some players to make them only shooters mm-hmm. around Giannis because he's going to fill the paint so much. But that's pretty much the same thing that Kevin Durant was just saying about Grayson Allen. There was a really cool Kevin Durant interview where he was talking about how he didn't expect Grayson to have so much to his game and off the dribble stuff and good post footwork and all these really cool things. Mm-hmm. And Durant's going into detail and he's just like, you you didn't let you couldn't see that in Milwaukee. They just didn't that they didn't really let him do that. So a guy like Beasley or Connaughton, maybe maybe it's more system than uh, than talent because he used to have that in his game. But you know. he did. Oh, look, he did when when he was he was with the Wolves. Um, he had some some performances like thirty point nights, and, and it wasn't all threes. He was always a good three point shooter, but right. but he had some right. versatility and and some range and. Um, yeah, he, he was able to score in different ways. Where now he, he's basically just a spot up shooter. So he um, was known for his game off the court then too. He was, he was indeed. <laughs> uh, Minnesota, um, McDaniel's. Oh, look, I think I've. I don't even know if I've held him in a league. I know I had him in a league. I think I dropped him. Um, he's playing minutes, but he's just really not doing much with those minutes. Kyle Anderson is sort of. I don't know. He's doing his stuff. He gets some defensive stuff. He gets some assists. Doesn't score much. Doesn't hit a lot of threes. Nas Reed, a little bit like Bobby Portis. He had that period where he was red hot and he's cooled off a little bit. So he may have been dropped. Uh, and Alexander Walker, I don't know. that that If you're desperate for guard stats, you could consider him this week. But again, I think there's far better options on this list than Alexander Walker. Agreed on all accounts. Uh, McDaniels, He's the reverse of like any great fantasy player who doesn't do it in real life, but he is so good in real life. Yeah. And it just doesn't convert to box score stats. Kyle Anderson. I sneakily think he might be on the trade block. Okay. Yeah. Look, he might be. Yeah. So um, name, name, name to probably not pick up cause he's not going to do much, but we might have to have a discussion if he lands in a good spot for him. Uh, New York. So I think both these guys, I, I just needed some names in New York and DiVincenzo and Hart were the only two I could come up with that are worth considering, but they've probably both been added uh, since the trade. So there's probably you, not much streaming value at all. You said it last week. You were, you were the one saying I'd, I'd want DiVincenzo right now. And yeah. woof, his roster rate went up since you said that. So. Yeah, no, I, I grabbed him in a couple of leagues and, and um, 
I think he's going to be starting the rest of the way. His minutes haven't been sort of where I'd like to see 30, 32. He was at 25 or 26 in the last game, but he's hitting threes. He's getting steals. Um, Tibbs likes him. So, yeah, I think if he's available, stream him in, but actually add him. I wouldn't be yes, streaming him. straight up add him. Add him yep. and keep him for now and, until he cools down. Uh, I also think there's a chance that Precious eventually starts getting yep. 18 to 22 minutes a night. Uh, I think he's a very Tibbs type of player and they lack front court depth. So once he starts to learn the defensive system a little bit, that's one of the hardest things to adapt to is like when to slide, when to drop, when to press up. So that's going to take a little bit of time to get in the groove. And it's one of those things where if you leave him out there too long, the Knicks team that's currently trying to win is going to get burnt for it. So they don't, they can't just let him play 34 minutes a night and, and make that gap covered quickly. But Precious might be getting 20 minutes a night eventually. We'll have to reevaluate his, his box score then. Yeah, yeah. And and on that topic, and this has nothing to do with streaming because he's been added everywhere, but it's it's great to see Hartenstein playing big minutes and, and putting up numbers because last season we saw when, uh, when Mitch Robinson got injured, everyone went and grabbed Hartenstein and – he just didn't do a lot with the minutes and Jericho Sims was there and Taj Gibson was there. And then we saw um, we saw Tibbs go out and grab Taj Gibson again this season. We sort of thought, oh, what's do they have confidence in Hartenstein? And and he's been awesome the last week, two weeks, um, coming off a career-high 20 rebounds and five blocks in the last game. So just really good to see a guy like that making the most of, of an opportunity. Um, okay, on to Phoenix. Um, the Eric, well, we might as I mean, we just call this the Eric Gordon list because he's on here. Every he was, week. he was just dropped in my league. Yep. So he's, yeah, he's, he's complaining a lot to the media, and I guess he's bad for the locker rooms and fantasy teams too that he's getting sent to the waiver wire. Yeah, obviously. Um, if you need threes, stream him in. If you don't need threes, move on. Um, it's pretty much pretty simple. Chimezi Metu, he's had a couple of bright spots in the last couple of weeks uh, christmas day yeah game right. of his life yeah we were, we were i won the, that. i won the biggest bet of my life on that game and it was a lot in due to his performance keeping up the sun's pace so that was great that was a great yeah. day yeah he was he was unbelievable in that game and hasn't done much since but someone to watch um and to see a little uh, again he's not super appealing, but deeper leagues. Um, he, he's getting he's getting minutes. So, yeah, there's not much in Phoenix for me at the at the moment. Am I missing anything there? No, I just quick another quick shout out to Chemezi. I actually picked him up because he did so well for me on Christmas Day. I, out of respect for him, I picked him <laughs> up and streamed him a few games, even when he wasn't playing that well. I was like, "You're staying on the team for a little bit." I I have since let him go. But yep. uh, he's near and dear to my team. Yeah, fair enough too. Um, I'm just gonna. Oh, where is he in my list here? I'm just gonna. I feel like he had a decent game in the last in the last week, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just still hanging on to that Christmas Day game. No, so he did. He had a so he had a 14, 14 and five game with a with a steal and assist, two threes in twenty six minutes uh, in a win over. Well, it was over Portland, so that probably. Um, has a lot to do with it. But, um, yeah, he's sort of been hovering around that 18 to 20 minutes. So If he gets the minutes, he, every time he gets the minutes, he mm. produces. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just and knowing. The steals are very consistent. Minutes. Yeah. Uh, Portland, uh, well, another name that's on this list every week, Matisse Thibel. If you need defensive stuff, stream him in. Uh, Jabari Walker, Kamara, and Duop Reith. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is still out with whatever ails him. Um, he maybe just doesn't want to play anymore. But Duop Reith has had some moments. He was ejected, I think, in the last game. Um, so for anyone that streamed him in, that was a bit of a bummer. But with, uh, yeah, with with eight and out, uh, Reith has been putting up some numbers. So what are your thoughts? Like this is actually, there is actually some interesting stream value on this team. Um what are your thoughts here? I mean, Thibault, we don't need to talk about him. We know why you would stream him in. But Walker, Kamara, and Reith, are they names that you'd consider? Yeah, I think – I mean, I'm going to look up Walker's stats right now, but 
to, to Monty Kamara, anytime he's been getting good minutes and there's been opportunity for him, he's producing a good fantasy stat set. So uh, I think he's been getting more minutes than than Walker too, right? Would he be the preference of them? Uh, I think he would in terms of role. Uh, I think if you're just looking yeah. for someone who's playing minutes consistently, it's it'd be Kamara. But in mm-hmm. terms of production per minute, that, that right. sort of thing, Reed. I think it would be Walker or, or Reed. Oh, like okay. I think they do more yeah. in the, the time that they're on the court, but the uh, but but Kamara is starting, so he's getting the minutes. But, um, yeah, look, Jabari Walker is... He's had some strong minute games. In the, he's played over 20 in, in four of the last five. He right. had a 25-point game a couple of games ago. Um, yeah, so, so I don't mind him. Because of the schedule, it's like definitely try and grab one of them this week. They yeah. play on three of those low-volume days, so this is the team to target. Uh, yeah, it, it could be Jabari Walker or Tumani Kamara for me. Uh, I'm I'm fine with either. Uh, yeah. If, if Aiton's going to play, it, it zaps the value out of Reith. I don't expect Reith to continue to get ejected, so I think I'll get more <laughs> no, than I, hope not. I think I'll get more than six minutes moving forward. Um, I did hear that in the Aiton trade from Portland to from Phoenix to Portland, Portland was I mean Phoenix was very upset about losing to Monty Kamara. I think it was like Zach Lowe who reported that, and that okay. they didn't want to give up to Monty Kamara, but they had to. Uh, to get rid of Aiton. Yeah, and 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 they wish they, they would. I mean, the Suns are lacking some role players that we could trust. Yeah. Would have been certainly on the list, one one row above on that Phoenix list. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. Um, and and I I mean I know Aiton is injured at the moment, but I said this ad nauseum to start the season after the Aiton trade that I thought I wasn't as high on him just because of the his attitude and and what I'd seen from him early in his career when he didn't want to be on the court when they were losing, he just looked fed up and not engaged. And I was worried that coming to Portland, a team that we knew would be a lot like those Suns teams from when he was drafted, that he just wouldn't really want to play. And and whether that is playing into this absence, I, d- I don't know. Um, right. But yeah. I, I me, didn't draft him and, and I'm not regretting not- it. Knee tendonitis is not something you want to have on your roster right now. So uh, it is so not. It's like that could just linger all season and just keep constantly in, out, in, out, down, out for three games. So Reith yeah. is going to be popping up a lot because if he keeps putting up these games like he did the other night in Aiton's absence, he's essentially re- replicating what Aiton's doing. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Mark L. Fultz, who's the, the, king of knee tendonitis at the moment um basically all season sacramento uh yuck not much here either kevin herder uh chris duarte harrison barnes trey lyles of all those guys trey lyles is potentially the one that intrigues me the most because they're using him over harrison barnes in a lot of spots um he's been he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks i think i haven't added him anywhere. I'm just pulling up his numbers, but I do know that he's had uh, a pretty consistent role. Where are we? Um, yeah, double double figures in, well, in almost four straight games. He had a nine-point game. Um, multiple threes in all of those games. Uh, he gets some rebounds. He's relatively efficient. If he can get 23, 24 minutes a night, he's worth looking at because he just does more than those other guys, I think. Yeah, certainly agree. I think this whole team, I mean, Kevin Herter's just had a tough year. Um, But I I still like his skill set. He still gets mid-20s minutes at two. I think stream-wise, any of them, I'd be fine. Herter, Barnes, or Lyles. Duarte would probably be my last choice. But again, Kings offense just moves. So if you can stream some Kings offense on low volume days and hope they put up 140 that game, they put up 138 last game. So that's going to produce value for pretty much everyone across the board. Uh, Now, these are the teams that have four games that don't have two games or three games on those low volumes. So these are just teams, if you're looking purely at which teams have four games, um, these are the teams that you'd be looking at. You mentioned Boston earlier. Uh, yep. Pritchard, Hauser, 
Horford, and I could have put Cornet on here as well um, because there, as you said, there is a back to back. So Horford, right. so Horford's going to miss one of those, right? Yeah. So that would be uh, could be a number of guys. Like it could be Cornet, but it could be that they um, they they go smaller and they play a bit more of Pritchard, or so it, it's hard to know. But um, we know who these guys are uh, in Boston, so we won't spend too much time there. The- in shot. Oh, the back, the back to back is Minnesota and Milwaukee, so two teams that are very big. So, okay. if you think they're going to match Cornette. length, then Cornette probably and Hauser. If you think they're going to try and throw them off, I, I would think it's probably Hauser would be the one to prioritize there uh, yep. for Boston this week. Uh, Charlotte still dealing with a couple of injuries. No, no word on Lamelo. I wish, I wish he'd come back, but. Um, we don't have word on that yet. Uh, so I've just popped in there. I mean, Bryce McGowan's is starting, but he's not really doing much, so he wouldn't be a priority for me. Uh, Cody Martin has looked decent since coming back. It feels like he was out forever. Uh, we just we didn't really get an update on him forever, and then he was just back, and he's played big minutes. He played in a back-to-back Um He's played at least 25 minutes in five of the last four of the last five games. Um, if you're streaming him in, it's really for steals. Uh, so he's had at least a steal in five straight games, um, multiple steals in three of those. So he's more of a, st- a steals specialist, but but certainly someone to to consider. Um, anyone else in Charlotte? No, someone in the fantasy basketball international community recently asked me if they they would trade Maxi for LaMelo. Any thoughts on that? Um well, well I prefer LaMelo, but I I'm way higher on LaMelo than a lot of people. Um it was I, also a dynasty league, so he gets to keep LaMelo for the future too. So that, I I agreed. I said when I went LaMelo as well. Yeah, dynasty I definitely go to LaMelo for this season. I'd probably go Maxi just because I think the injury just the injury and and I mean the Hornets suck again. So right. if if Lamelo was to get injured again, they might just shut it down. So yep. um, yeah, I'd go Maxi Maxi now Lamelo long term um, in Chicago. So I've popped Drummond on here. So he's probably rostered in most leagues, but Vucevic is playing tonight. So he's coming off the bench. So Drummond is going to start, but people are going to go. Vucevic is back. I'm dropping Drummond. If you need rebounds, I'd consider picking Drummond up because even before Vooch went down, he was getting eight to ten rebounds a night in his 15 to 18 minutes. Um, he can get a steal, two steals. He's, he's sneaky in, in the steals category. Um, usually he's efficient, but he has had some vintage Drummond games where he's tried to go ISO and one-on-one too much over the last few games. Um, so he's someone I'd consider if he gets dropped, uh, even with Vooch back, um, and Vooch is, I don't know, we heard like three days ago they said Vooch will not even work out with the team this week. And then he was upgraded to questionable and now he's playing. So it, it was it was odd. Like I was listening to, to Josh Lloyd and a few other guys and, and when that news came out that, that um, oh, what's their, what's the Bulls coach's name? Okay, it's Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan came out and said that that uh, Vooch wouldn't wouldn't even train this week. We all sort of thought, okay, well he's out for at least this week. Maybe right. we consider him next week. And then he, the next day he was upgraded to questionable. And then this morning they said he's playing. He's coming off the bench. So I worry when this was a a muscle related injury, um, and it was an an adductor or a groin kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I if I had Drummond, I wouldn't be dropping him. I'm not dropping him. I'd, I'd hold for a few games, but if he is dropped, I'd pick him up. Dasunmu uh, with Levine back as well. Dasunmu uh, probably takes a hit, but is worth a look. And Patrick Williams, if he was dropped, um, which he might have been in a couple of spots because he did have a, a little injury last week, um, he'd be someone. But I don't know. With Levine and Vooch back, it probably makes streaming a little bit tricky on this team. Yeah, I mean, if Drummond's dropped, 
he should be re-added. He should he should definitely be owned. His rebound prop was like his to bet his over under on rebounds was sixteen and a half last week. It was crazy to see. Like he's the opposite of McDaniel's that we were talking about on Tib Rules yeah. earlier. I mean, Bulls are are what one in three in their last four with Drummond putting up these monster numbers. Meanwhile, McDaniels is helping the Timberwolves win a lot of games, putting up nothing in the box score, but playing 33 minutes. It's crazy. These box scores are actually crazy for a guy who Mm. doesn't get many minutes because everyone realizes it results to losing. Yeah, that's right. He's not a... He's not a guy that that uh, that helps you win, and and that's why he's been shopped around, and he play, comes off the bench now. But w- we've seen it when he when he when he's on yeah, the court. Crazy. There are these box scores swallows those rebounds. Yeah, so he's um, yeah. I, I'd still be holding him for now, anyway. Uh, in Houston, Tari Eason ruled out again tonight. I just had a question on Twitter actually, which I've got to go and answer of whether we're holding him. Um, you know, I think it was a ten team league. I'd probably I'd probably move on in a ten team league just because I don't think his upside is that high, um, and this injury seems to be lingering a little bit. So uh, a few names I've just thrown in here are Men Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and uh, Jeff Green. None of them are super appealing. Thompson and Whitmore obviously have a lot more upside than Green, but Green tends to find a way to to do stuff when he's out there. So. Um, I probably wouldn't prioritize any of these guys, but is there anyone else in Houston or, or, or any anything I'm missing on these names? No, I think that's pretty much well covered across the board. Uh, Indiana, quite a few names here. Um, players that may or may not be rostered. So this is really depending on your league, but Benedict Matherin, if he's floating around, he's worth streaming in for points. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is someone that I actually picked up last week and I've just held on to him. Uh, I talked with basketball. Yeah, I talked with Dan Titus yesterday about Neesmith and and he's I think he's the 85th ranked player this season. Um he's sort of averaging like 11 points. I think it was I don't know, four rebounds, couple of threes, 1.3 steals. He's generally pretty efficient. So He's sort of one of these guys that can just chip in across a number of categories each night. He's not going to score a lot, but they like his defense. Um, so I'd certainly stream him in, and I think there's a case to be made that he should be added, not 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 only streamed. Uh, Aaron Nemhard, guard stats. Buddy Heald has been pretty bad if he was dropped um, since moving back to the bench. Maybe he gets hot here at some point. And Bruce Brown, I've seen him dropped in a few leagues because he missed a few games. Uh, he is back. So he hasn't been great. He hasn't hasn't sort of lived up to expectations this season, but we know what he can do. So if you want to take a bit of a flyer and, and stream him in. Um, but Neesmith would be my priority here. Probably Neesmith at Matherin would, would be top of the list. Yeah, completely agree. Neesmith's playing great basketball. Bruce Brown coming back is probably going to negatively impact all of them. I've held Bruce Brown the whole year. I've been trying to to shop him. Uh, Definitely has not lived up to the hype, but the Pacers score. They don't play any defense and they score a ton. So, you know, you can target these guys. I I, I do like the idea of Neesmith. And I wonder, Uh, does it, does it, Going back to what we were just saying about Tari Eason, like you have to be more comfortable dropping a guy like Eason with a guy like Neesmith probably available in said 10-team league because there are so many guys who can fill the gap of steel specialists now. I feel like steel specialists used to be more rare, and with the pace that's increasing, the turnovers have been increasing. So there's a lot more players that you could find on the waiver wire who certainly have a chance in getting you three, four steals on a random night. Yeah, so I'm just pulling up the steal numbers for the season here. Um, and if if I just run through the top of the list, Tybal is obviously he's always on that list of, of someone right. you can stream in. Delon Wright, Tari Eason, Herb Jones is probably in that category now. Um, maybe Rob Covington, he's always a chance. Uh, Dyson Daniels can land you a couple of steals. Alex Caruso. So there's quite a few. As you said, quite a few names. If, if you're looking for someone who could 
who could just get you a bunch of steals quickly. Um, Chris Dunn, bottom, uh, name on the bottom of this list is another one. Um, yep. we, we'll get there. Uh, on to the Clippers first, though. Uh, Westbrook, if he's available, he's still rostered in way too many leagues. If he was dropped, which he should have been, he can be streamed in uh, when they have a favourable schedule. Norm Powell, if you need points, and, and Terrence Mann, I don't know. He pops off occasionally, but I'd prioritise both Westbrook and Powell over Terrence Mann. Agreed. If you're going to get a schedule spot where, where Westbrook, whose minutes have been taken a nice cut, might get a 25 or more one night, then stat stuffer. So I like that. I think the Miami guys up next all have a lot of value. Miami's all right. Well, take us through Miami. Yeah, they've been playing with a lot of guys missing games in and out of the lineup. It's probably going to continue for a little bit. So depending on the schedule, depending on the day, check Miami's injury report for those nights that you might stream them. But Josh Richardson, if he's filling in for a Kyle Lowry or just playing his normal 30-plus minutes a night, also kind of a steal specialist. He could definitely get you a few quick steals. Uh, the other Martin brother we talked about, what, what is it, Cody and Caleb? So this one's yep. Caleb. Uh, I always get him I always get him mixed up, especially because they used to play on the Hornets together. Um, they're both great. They're both solid wings. We saw what uh, Miami Heat's Caleb Martin did in the playoffs last year, so... Any given night, he could light it up, especially if Jimmy's going to be out. Then you could go towards uh, Caleb Martin. Bam has been back and healthy. Um, so if Bam were to miss a game or miss any time, or or Hayward Highsmith has also been popping up on the injury report quite a bit, you could go to Kevin Love and get the rebounds. And then, of course, if there's you need threes, I think he's probably owned in most leagues, but Duncan he Robinson has yeah. been unbelievable this year. Uh getting minutes and and the key to his game is he's been putting the ball on the ground so yes he will get you his three threes a night but six free throws last game i'm going back in the game like a game with seven free throws like he's been putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim kind of like what grayson allen is doing in in uh phoenix but even has more opportunity share in miami so he's completely reinserted himself into the rotation uh probably owned uh I, I he's even a he's even a buy if someone's trying to sell high and get like some someone else on a buy low just make that switch because Duncan Robinson might keep this up all year. Yeah, he's actually been quietly one of the sort of success stories this season because he was basically he was out of the rotation last year and and yep. so and that was because teams figured out how to guard him what he was going to do and so he's had to change things up and he and he has and he's he was sort of thrust into a bigger role because of injuries in the playoffs so he's the most of it. and he's earned his spot back in the rotation now. So yeah, it's, it's been really good to see. Um, okay. See another guy that is a lot better in real life than fantasy. And that's Lou Dort um, because they need him on the floor for his defense. Um, he gets a lot of deflections, but it doesn't translate to fantasy. Occasionally he'll blow up and he'll he'll hit his threes and, and he'll those deflections will turn into steals. Um, so he's certainly worth picking up when they have a favourable schedule. They have four games this week. Isaiah Joe, if you need threes, and Cason Wallace, who who sort of was up there a little bit and, and has sort of scaled back a little bit. Um, but Josh Giddy has been better over the last two weeks. So I think that's impacted Wallace Um yeah, thoughts there on on the Thunder guys. I think they're all better in real life than uh, fantasy but right fantasy. now. Yeah. But that's because that team is really good in real life. Lou Dort would be my favorite. Another one, steel specialist. You want a few steals and a few stocks one day? Go to Lou Dort. So yep. that's back to the point of like if you're trying to hold on to Atari Eason because his steel numbers are extreme, like he's coming off of a leg injury and his steel numbers might not match that off of a leg injury. So you could go another direction and play into schedules. That would be a good idea. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with all of them, depending on what you need. I, OKC is phenomenal this year. Very fun they to watch. They might, I might have an OKC long sleeve in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, they are. We talked about fun teams to watch, and they're certainly right up at the top of the list this year. Um, finally, Utah. Uh, Keontae George was potentially dropped in, in spots now that he's back on the bench. But I think I, I'd be holding him if I could in in standard leagues, if you're in a position to be able to hold, because I do think he gets back into that starting lineup at some point. 
Um, but if you yeah, if you want to stream him in for some guard stats, uh, Chris Dunn, much the same. If you need some steals, add him. If you don't need steals, don't worry. Fontecchio is an interesting one. We talked about him, uh, or I talked about him with Dan yesterday. Is he someone to add? Like, would would you consider just picking him up and not not necessarily viewing him as just a streamer because he started the last three games? Um, he does. He sort of you, you think of him, or I think of him as a three pointer, a three point guy. He hits his threes, he scores, but he he's actually doing other stuff. He's actually getting some steals, he's getting some rebounds. So I don't mind Fontecchio as an ad, not just a stream. What what are your thoughts? Absolutely should be added. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd be more of Agbaji this year, but it seems like it's Fontecchio filling that role for them. But mm. we're also hearing whispers that marketing could be on the block, right? That they could try and even be selling a Clarkson or whatever. So getting rid of some of the more more high usage players is only going to create tons more opportunity for Fontecchio because that's going to mean the youth movement's going to continue. So that's going to be 30 minutes night for the rest of the season. So yeah, Simone Fontecchio, very high priority if he's on your waivers right now. Uh, and I didn't put Kelly Olinick on here because he's probably rostered in a, in a lot of leagues. If he's available, I'd probably pick him up because I know he's only playing 20 minutes a night, but his assist numbers are off the charts this season. Um, so if you need a big who can hit free throws, get steals, get assists, yep. he he's like, even in 20 minutes, I still think – I mean, I actually, I don't know what he's – what's his rank this season? His current his current rank by average is 105, and he's playing okay. just under 22 minutes a night. And he's one of those guys that he does things outside of his normal statistical stats. stats yeah. at. So if you're streaming for uh, assists and you already have all your point guards going and your guard spots used, so it's like it makes no sense to go pick up a Chris Dunn or a Josh Richardson go grab Olenek, throw him in your powered forward spot and still hope to get, he's averaging 4.7 assists. I mean, if you can get four plus assists out of a big, that's fantastic. And then you get the added boost of 90% free throws, 56% from the field, uh, you know, eight and five points and rebounds. You could do a little bit of everything for you. Yeah. And if you, if you condense that sample size to the last month, he's, he's at nine points, five rebounds, six assists, a steal, 95% from the free throw line. So it's unbelievable. he's certainly making the most of his minutes. So even even in a standard league, I think he's worth holding despite 22 minutes a night because he, he he's putting up numbers. And if we're talking trades, if, if I would assume he's also on the block, but if marketing happens to go before him and he's not included in that deal, he gets a huge spike depending oh, on yeah, look, the harness, right? Yeah, if he um, somehow ends up moving back into the starting lineup and playing 30 minutes a night. We've seen, I mean, he had, he almost had a triple double in 28 minutes a few games ago. Uh, he had 27, three rebounds, six assists, four steals uh, in 35 minutes. So whenever he's, he's been close to 30 minutes, he's putting up big, big numbers. So um, we know he can be a top 40 player. We saw him do it in Detroit. Was that the Detroit Kelly Olenek when he, he sort of, he played. He had like a stretch of fifteen games where he was a top twenty player a couple of seasons ago. Um, I feel like he's done it everywhere he's been. Yeah, I can't think if it was Detroit or maybe it was Houston. I don't know. It was somewhere. He'll, anyway. he'll always give you a ten game run where he's like a top twenty player. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's sort of a, a stash. View him as a stash, but he's doing enough to to actually have value right now. So um, yeah, I love Kelly Olynyk as a lot of fantasy managers do. All righty, that will bring us to the end of the show. Um, thanks again for coming on, and and you'll you'll be starting up a second show for us. So you've you've got your usual Wednesday show, um, yep. Because Wednesday is always a big slate, but with NFL scaling back over the next couple of weeks, you'll be starting up a second show. What's the plan for that one? I think it's just going to be more. I mean, I'll always weave in betting talk into my discussions. It's just natural for me. It's the way my brain thinks when we're talking yeah. basketball. Uh, 
but it's mainly going to be just general landscape of the NBA. Just some fun topics, some buy low, sell high, some let's rank the top five teams to watch on league pass. Let's go. Let's do a top 10 coaches rankings in the league and talk about which coaching teams, which teams are doing very interesting things with rotations. It's going to be kind of nerdy NBA talk and also, and I'll find a way to make it funny or corny. We'll see. And I think that that kind of stuff is, I mean, it's relevant all season, but as we get closer to the playoffs, I think more people want to listen to that kind of stuff because people drop out of playoff contention. And so, right. So you can listen to me explaining why Harden is, has a better career than D Wade. Yeah, I'd listen to that because I want to know. I want to know why. Because on the surface, you would have to say no. Wade had a better career um, because of success and that sort of thing. So, yeah, look, I think it'll be great to have a second show and, and that'll give us – I think we'll be at six then. We'll have six weekly shows. So we're, we're close to our goal of seven. Um, I don't know what the seventh will be or when we'll get there, but six is a really good start. Uh Check out um, Mike on Twitter at Fiddles Picks. Uh, you also have your Substack as well, so people can can sign. How do they find that? How do they sign up to that? Fiddlespicks.substack.com. I send out a bunch of best bet information, some free giveaways, some DFS contests every now and then. So completely free to sign up. Fiddlespicks.substack.com, and you just get a bunch of my information emailed to you. So if you want some free money, go and check that out. Um, check out all of our content, fbibasketball.com. Uh, as I said, at fbibasketball on Twitter. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, of course. Um, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Uh, we, we love getting new people coming across us all the time. And until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.